Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network and powered by LargeManAppears.com. It's me, your host, your cold head on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan. And I'm joined, as I am every week, by my faithful co-host, Staggerly Malone. Lee, how are you? I'm not going to say it, Is the head getting cold now that there's no hair there? conservatively 40 people asked me that within a couple of hours i was gonna say within 24 hours you were sick of it already very much so and like i was already a man known to have a collection of hats from like when my when my vast vast collection of hats i'd accumulated them when my heart when my hair started getting long as a means of not having to tie it up but keeping it out of my face Mm. Um and also in that kind of in betweeny where it's not long, not short, and about half the time it looks completely shit. Period of growing your hair as well. So um, I do expect a bunch of gag presents at Christmas of hats. I've already I've already got one, uh, but it was actually the the one was a good quality hat. So I, I will I will allow one. Um, but for those of you who aren't in the know, if you've missed like a couple of episodes of the show and you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, yeah, I got my hair cut off. Uh, less than a week ago, as we we're recording this, like maybe four or five days ago, it's like we're recording. Yeah, it's it's, it's less than a week, anyway. We're recording on the Tuesday. It was on the Friday that I got it done. Um, I wasn't expecting the level of buyer's remorse when it came time to the like when I knew um it was my partner's cousin that did it, and when okay. I knew she was on the way, there was like a a nervousness, you know, and it's not like I was doing it in front of my entire organization I work for at the Christmas party. That doesn't bother me. Like I can, I can do the, the used the car crowds, salesman. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to do crowd work, baby. You can uh, sell it. Yeah, I can sell it. Um, I should, I should have bladed during the, head, the haircut. <laughs> that was the problem. Well, you, you can just be blessed that uh, Shane Douglas wasn't doing it. If you yeah. Should remember the the hatchet job he did to Raven and TNA. Yeah, should have done the old poke and twist just for the to pop a buy rate at the the head shave. 
Um, but yeah, no, I was getting the thing where like, even though I think the last couple, maybe the most of this year, I've kind of been like, just get this fucking hair off my head. Like, I'm just done with it. But I needed to grow to the length where I can donate it. And yeah, lo and behold, in spite of that, I was starting to get the, oh, I, I kind of like it. Um, but yeah, now I don't know what to do, Lee, because much as I was kind of when I was growing it out, I was when I was about halfway there, I was getting compliments about how much better I look with long hair. And now mm. I'm getting the compliments about how much better I look with short hair. So you just can't fucking please everyone. That's a there's a lesson in that, isn't there? Well, well, since you brought it up, I will say my wife said you look better with short hair. So take that for what it's worth. Ah, oh, thanks very much, Jen. Uh, the wife of I, thunder. I, 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 got, <laughs> I, I got absolutely insulted the other day while bringing Connor for a haircut. Um, yeah. The barber turns to me and goes, oh, have you ever grown the beard out? I was like, nah, not, not particularly. I said, I keep it fairly tight. She's like, all right, okay. Just mo- most men do if they if they don't have the capability to grow hair, they'll grow the beard. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> excuse yourself. Was she implying that you were going to like do a comb up on us? If you could? I think it was just a case of so you don't want to grow any hair, like in spite of you being a bald fuck. I don't want you just to grow any beard though, Lee. Like I very specifically want you to grow like a Pi May from Kill Bill beard. Okay. I, I want you to be able to do the like run your fingers through the beard at chest height <laughs> kind of beard, like where it's like pillowy soft texture I, I, that's what I, I want from you I will say when it gets to any point length I will just kind of randomly just start stroking the beard and it's, it's kind of something that has to be done yeah I, I've been doing the rubbing the back of my head a lot now that there's not much mm. there Um, I feel like Shane in The Walking Dead who was like doing that every fucking five minutes in the show Um, it is kind of weird like I'm just looking at the like basically looking at the screen of myself on 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 a, on the call as we're talking. I'm just like, yeah, fuck, it actually happened. Um, the real thing I was uh, I was relieved about and got no shortage of of insults from a, a couple of people uh, over was the fact that my hairline was actually intact when I got rid of it. Yeah, um, actually, looking at it, yeah, this genuinely annoyed a couple of people because I I kind of like because I hadn't like seen my hairline properly in nearly three years. I was uh, like, I will say it's fucking pencil straight. Look, I get it. Like, well, this is like I was I genuinely like because I, I whatever about the the front you can kind of tell with the mm. the length of when I have to pull it back. But it's more the kind of sides up here. Do you know where you would expect the where, typical, where it starts dipping? Yeah, the, the typical where it starts dipping, and like it's it seems to be where it was before, which is uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I hate you even more now. Yeah, well, that but literally, I got two people who I like. I didn't even say it. It hadn't occurred to me any like to say anything about the hairline. I wasn't going to, and then two separate people messaged me. You prick! <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. I'm sorry. Like I, just, I don't know what to tell you. Um, um, have you considered going all out with the with the like shaving razor and going totally bald? Uh, I don't know because I kind of like this is the kind of like the what are we like at the 2013 punk shave mm. uh, level. So it's um, I'm happy with where it is now. It's like a two all over. Um. I like I'm I'm torn whether I'm going to keep it this long for a while or I'm going to grow it straight back. Like I do want to grow it back to some level before I get married, but I've still got a year and a half for that. So I think you look look um, kind of like a, a mid 2000s Serie A midfielder with that haircut. <laughs> There's that uh, I got uh, I got a touch of the Anthony Fantanos 
from okay. from YouTube. I I've, I've got a few comparisons. The one universal thing people seem to say is that I look younger. You do. It's like I think it's like the the hair just made me look fucking haggard because there was so much of it. And was I fuck putting like product in it or anything? Uh, so so what you're saying is you're the CM Punk of podcasting in that once you get a clean shave and a haircut, you fucking yeah. look renewed. What I should have done is I should have changed the hair when we jumped to uh jumped to VOW at first, so that like you come into the new promotion with a new haircut looking fresh and then grow it out then and get increasingly haggard but look you know would you would you too have your uh, merchandise t-shirts that says you're not happy to be back yeah oh 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah i'd be milking it um but uh, in the final i guess fundraising update because i had i had been keeping people track of that um laughably i had set the goal at 250 euro originally when i started and we are currently as of recording sitting at 2670 unbelievable uh yeah so there are I, I like no small amount of listeners who have donated we mm-hmm. we i saw every one of them and i'm sure a couple of them are among the anonymous donors as well 82 different people uh between friends family well-wishers and listeners have donated so i appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you uh absolutely well, ho- massive. hopefully some haters yeah, donate as well. Oh, look, I'll take money from the haters. You know what I mean? Like, and if you want to go to a large man appears.com and pay five euro a month to hate us twice as often, you fucking do you, son. And, you do and, you. And speaking of haters, I hate to go straight from your incredible charity work <laughs> to our roaring success. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm going to put ourselves over here <laughs> because it's a momentous day. Yeah. For, for us, I like to say we're an award winning podcast and have been since we began. Yes. But now we are actually up for an award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um we'll oh I might put yeah, I might put the link in the show notes if I remember, but you can check it out on our Twitter at WCW mm-hmm. Thunderbot and we've put it in the um the Days of Thunder channel on the uh the Voices of Wrestling Discord, which by the mm-hmm. way, the, the 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 Days of Thunder channel, the Voices of Wrestling Discord is class. Great great crack, yeah. It's really class. Uh, I really love it. It's one of the few channels on any Discord I'm in that isn't absolutely fucking awful. <laughs> um, no, I will I, say, I, I will say to our buddies over, you got to be kidding me. Their channel is pretty good as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least, like, but are they up for an award? Lee's <laughs> just like he's just like he's nominated for something, so he's just gonna start random beefs with friends of ours now. Uh, oh, well, yes. I mean, look, look, I told you what our tagline is going to be. If you've ever had to watch a bad Brian Myers match, or you two hate this going for, you know, well, then you got to vote for us. Yes. Um, so we are nominated in the Sports Podcast Awards uh, for Best Wrestling Podcast. Um, and it's funny because, like, there's, um, I, I think there's three podcast in there that i know about and two of them it's very funny we're competing against so we're competing competing against eastern lariat who i know about mm-hmm. uh Striga and Dil- dylan fox i think as well yes yeah, yeah 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 um uh Striga, who we've gone to many a wrestling show with mm-hmm. uh both both here and in germany um and then <laughs> incredibly uh we're competing against kurt angle I'll be honest. I did not know Kurt Angle had a podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, I did know that, but it's. I think it's a relatively recent one. And we're also competing against, and this is just perfect. This is like the perfect payoff to like 
several bits that have been running since the start of this show, as if we'd planned it, we're competing against Conan and Disco. Unreal. <laughs> so it's us against the filthy animals. Yes. A tag team match that I think we all knew was coming from the day we started this show. Well, I mean, look, I've always been insulted that Conan has never DM'd the account saying, have you listened to my podcast? He's uh, he's DM'd me, but I think that was prior to this podcast. Mm. It's, it's not it's not our podcast account. Yeah. Um, to, to the point that I may DM, DM him off our account. I wouldn't be surprised if it's because you have him blocked. I don't have. Oh, maybe I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. You're you're very quick with the block button, I have to say. I'm a muter. Uh, I, 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 I mute a lot of things as well. But... God, with with the amount of people you block, I can't imagine how long the mute list is. <laughs> you don't want to know. Well, I know I do know because when I log in, so when I log into my timeline on my account, I'm seeing tweets from the last like few minutes and stuff mm. like that. When I log into the Thunder account, the most recent tweets I've seen are from like three, three, ago. <laughs> three days ago, man. Try three days. <laughs> like, what the fuck does he be doing on here? <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah look for us even getting up for nomination is a victory in of itself yeah, yeah. but ultimately I would love I just love if oh, we got anywhere Kevin close Keegan. Kevin to, Keegan's coming to out. beating Disco and Conan yeah, look, we're under That's no illusions. We're under no yeah. illusions about this is a fan voted award and the scale of audience uh, is I'm sure shocking uh, and not in our favor. Uh, that said, we would really appreciate it if we can get like if we can get anywhere near these guys. Uh, it would be tremendous. So, yeah, uh, follow the link on our Twitter in the Discord, and if I remember it in the show notes, they're open for a few weeks. I, be- I believe. I believe it's till the last week in January, and then results go. are. In the fourth week of February, I don't know. If, I think it's a virtual award ceremony, or it is. It is, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so check so... it out. I've checked in different categories, and some podcasts I really like have won in it. Like the the Athletic has won some stuff. Um, yeah, I I remember hearing about the awards through the Totally Football Show. Yeah, I believe around the NFL uh, mm-hmm. has has won in the American football category, uh, which I love. Shout out to Dan Hansis, who definitely doesn't listen to this show, but I like him nonetheless. Um. um... Actually, yeah. you're you're a big uh, Chargers fan, aren't you? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I believe. Have we? Have we take, you've you've dropped that Sans context there. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I I know I know you. You're a big LA Chargers fan. Yeah. Look, like all things in life, I blame Queen Elizabeth II for this <laughs> because. <laughs> Do you, remember, do you remember when she fucking popped it there last year, Lee? I, I recall it, yeah. About a year, year and a half ago, and all the sports stopped in Europe for like a couple of weeks. Mm. So a lot of us flocked to watch Red Zone. Mm. And I said to Jack, who is a big American football guy, he's a Giants fan. Uh, he said, I, I said to him, I'm going to tune into Red Zone for the first time because American sport is a, American football is a sport I've always admired. But because of the time difference over here and because of how much football and wrestling I watch, I just don't have the time to commit to it regularly. So I usually watch me. I might watch the the championship games. I might watch the the Super Bowl every year. Mm. That's about it for me. So I said, I'm going to tune into Red Zone and whoever scores the first touchdown 
I will support them with my dying breath. <laughs> uh, and lo and behold, it was the Chargers, which Jack at the time described as a very esoteric pick. And I have learned in the year and a half since they are somewhat of the Tottenham Hotspurs of uh, American football. Cannot help but put their foot in a bucket or a bear trap at every available opportunity. They've got a an absolute like Hall of Fame level quarterback only in the first like few years of his career, relatively speaking. Uh, Justin Herbert, who's incredible. And they were like they they uh they got undone by by fucking Tony Khan's Jags last year, um in the the playoffs. And I thought, all right, they're getting new coaches in this year. We're gonna do much better. And I don't know if you've seen the Chargers record this year, Lee. That's what I brought up. <laughs> it's fucking Jesus. It makes me think more fondly about Manchester United these days. I, I was just that. I was just gonna say, like all Tottenham fans, do you denounce your fandom after every single touchdown scored against them? No, but I I do think about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so were you just were you literally just bringing up the the, the my my yeah, well, they, they, bolts they, they, there just to slag me off? Yeah, well, they just sacked their coach, didn't they? They did. They sacked the mm. they sacked uh, the coach and the um oh the GM as well. Oh, oh, so it's a full clear out. It's a full clear out, and yeah, it's deserved to be fair. So what I'm learning here is they're clinging to the hope that Herbert won't fucking try and leave. Or get injured. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That, that's our NFL talk for now. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the real NFL intelligentsia is happening <laughs> on Days of Thunder. You got that right. Fucking hell. Um, we didn't even get into, like, I just kind of took over things there early doors, buddy. How are you? How was, uh, how's the build up to Christmas? You've got two young kids and uh, a shopping list. I. Th- I'm pretty sure we're all set. Yeah. By pretty sure, I mean, I don't have anything else to do. It's all up to Jen, so. You're uh, such an L, lad. <laughs> As in, I got her present, so I'm assuming just everything else is sorted. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I think, like, legit, I think there's one or two things to be delivered, and mm. they're not overly important. Okay. So, we'll be good. Um. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. We have uh, Grace's birthday on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to as well. And right. um, a nice bit of pre Christmas cake mm. shall be had. And, uh, oh, yeah. man. I'm just thinking of listing all the stuff I'm going to be having over Christmas is great. I think I'm celebrating finishing work tomorrow with just an enormous chipper. Start oh. start the holidays off right. It's, it's happening. Well, but, we, um, we, Jen, Jen just, I don't know if we talk about this, but uh, I'm assuming you, like everybody else in, in Ireland, is a turkey and ham for Christmas dinner. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're not doing that this year. Oh. So because there's only myself, Jen, Connor, uh, Jen's mom and brother for, for dinner this year, we decide we're getting a leg of lamb. Ooh, I do. I know. You see, you nearly lost me, but you won me right back. Yeah, see, see, look, here's the thing. Turkey stinks. I will say turkey by itself stinks. But it turkey, does. when you've got the gravy in and when it's accompanied with the ham, is, is, is a good time. It, it's, it's a perfectly pleasant dinner, yes. And when it's, when it's in the post-Christmas leftover sandwich combo. I haven't done it for a few years. I, I normally, I used to love it, but I haven't had it in the last couple of years. 
I stole so, the friend's punchline from Ross's rage episode of um, I do the moist maker where I soak a, a slice of bread in the middle of the sandwich with gravy. Ooh. And that is, it really kicks that Sambo up a notch, I'll tell you. Mm. But still, mega lamb. You have like, I oh, look, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to not gonna say too much. And plus the lamb is literally being picked up on Christmas Eve and brought home and put in the oven. Like that's, yes. you can't yes. get any fresher than that. It's going to be falling off the bone by the time mm-hmm. you get it. That's what you want. That's what you want. So I'm looking forward to Christmas dinner for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. Let alone all the stuff that shall be around it. Indeed. So, um, shall we move on to wrestling? I guess. I mean, sure. Well, I but you know what? Actually, we talked about Christmas presents, Lee. Should we just say, um, that we we got our good friends, uh, the listeners here, uh, a Christmas present that's coming next week for them? Did we? We did, we did, because, um, on Christmas Day, oh, we, yes, we usually, <laughs> yeah, literally recording it right after this, Lee. Good man. Um, on Christmas Day every year. Uh, we usually drop a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, for circumstances outside of our control, we couldn't do the usual WWA special. That will return, fear not, my friends, in 2024 for the holiday season. But Lee and I didn't want to leave you guys without a Christmas Day pod from us to be enjoyed over the festive season. And we thought, what is the Patreon series that we usually enjoy the most and that is at the movies it's the one i probably enjoy recording the most mm-hmm. um and i i thought for a while about what will we do will we do a direct wrestling tie-in because you could go santa with muscles but i feel like every again it's one of those every like heroes of wrestling done it, yeah. everyone's done santa with muscles so i thought about it and ooh, i decided I wasn't going to go with, because I have a couple of personal favorite Christmas movies. I didn't want to go with, I think Die Hard would have been Route 1. Yeah. I'm, I am going to watch Die Hard over Christmas, but it's pretty Route 1. I would find it very hard to talk for an hour and a half about Muppets Christmas Carol. I, that was the one I was literally going to say. I was going to suggest it, but then watching it, it's like, what what do you say for an hour and a half about it? It's perfect. It is yeah. the perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it would be an hour and a half ago, this bit was class. And this bit was last, which is kind of the at the movies experience, but like we would have absolutely nothing of substance to add to Muppets mm-hmm. Christmas Carol at this day and age. So we settled on, um, he is, is he a WWF Hall of Famer? I don't fucking know. I, fe- I feel like if Republican he isn't, Hall of Famer. I feel like if he isn't, they'll they'll somehow work him in. But Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas classic jingle all the way is getting the Days of Thunder treatment mm. for Christmas Day. Uh, I'm very excited to to get to that, uh, to record it and to chat about it. Um, yeah, I, I was literally about to start launching into some of my thoughts on the film, but I won't. I'll Don't. save it. Yeah, save and it. as is the Christmas tradition, it will be a free post for that week on Patreon. We'll go behind the paywall after Christmas week, but as a Christmas present to you guys, if you go to a largemanappears.com on Christmas Day, your uh, At The Movies Christmas special will be there for you. And speaking of the Patreon, mm-hmm. so we have one more show, well, two more shows to drop after Christmas. Yes. On the Patreon. Yes. So the week after Christmas, the Monday, the, ooh, no, it'll be, 
Ah, look, we'll drop it before Christmas. Or before the new year. Well, whatever they do. Before Christmas, we won't be dropping it. Yeah, no. before, before the new year. Yeah. Um, we are going to drop another Patreon show because, like you say, the, the Christmas show is like a special. We always add it on. Yeah, so it doesn't not, count not, as part of your two a month. Yeah, so for our second show, Patreon show of the month. For subscribers this is, only. This is going to be a surprise for Dave. Yes, this is news to me. So what I have come up with is a mix of, do you recall we had Mark Buckley on the show mm-hmm. and he gave us a mixtape. Yes, the must-see mixtape, which must was, see one mix of my, tape. was one of my favorite episodes of TRL we did. So I have come up with something similar and okay. I have made a YouTube playlist of five Ooh. matches for us both watch and okay. review. Excellent. There, there's no overarching uh, you know, link to between all these matches. It's just five matches available on YouTube that I found that I said, oh, this looks good. Let's watch this one. Yeah. Some you may have seen, some you may not have seen. Can we call it Lee Malone's Mixed Grill? You can call it whatever you like. That's what I want to call it. <laughs> That's what we'll go with. <laughs> Speaking of so, lamb and turkey and ham and stuff like that, it's the mixed grill. So we've gone with the mixed grill. Either the mix, either uh, you can have a choice, right? We'll either call it the mixed grill or the skip scramble. <laughs> go with whatever your heart pleases. Okay. Well, I guess you're all going to find out next week when I post what I've called it. <laughs> So not only will we have that show dropping po- after Christmas, we will also then have a live pre-pre-show on December the 30th for AEW World's End. Yes, which will also serve as our Christmas Hangout live stream where we'll do yeah. live Q&As, um, chat with people in the comments, have our Christmas snacks, um, maybe talk about some of our best like of the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so normally we do about 60 minutes before view we might try and do about 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping children dependence. Yes. So yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah. But um yeah, so join us for that or don't. We're gonna do it anyway. Focus. <laughs> See, there's the fucking ego now that he's denominated. <laughs> I don't need these people anymore. Re- remember when Owen Hart didn't win, didn't win those slammies? Yeah. No matter what happens, I'm saying we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Let's move to 1999. And uh, I've had a scan through the Observer this week, Lee, and the, the WCW news. Um, so you may um, you may know at the time, uh, you may have known from the time that there was, um, there was some sort of unpleasantness between Rick Steiner and... Um, and Perry Saturn. So okay. we are going to we are going to come to that. There's a little bit of light on that. I can't remember if we mentioned it on the show or it's just a thing we've talked about to each other before. But uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, several wrestlers were laid off in the past week from WCW. So there are some people we're going to be saying goodbye to on the show. Oh, okay. uh, so fetch the hanky, Lee, because we are saying goodbye to Scott Putsky. Oh, shame. 4x4. Swole. Oh, Chase Tatum, Damien. Hang on, which, which Damien? The actual uh, uh, Damien, Damien six six six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I thought you meant Jake Roberts' steak was still no. employed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
him and Lanny Parfo. <laughs> hanging out in catering. Uh, play. Oh. The actual sequel play, not Dimalenko's sequel play. I feel like now after that last, that, one, that would have been that would have been a real twist, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, Mikey Whipwreck, okay. and Super Kello. Ah, bullshit. Yeah. So um, Dave says here, Kello can be really good, but he has been injured for a long time, and nobody knows what he has left. Uh, there's some heat since Damien and Sequel Play both hurt themselves doing that junkyard battle royal and got canned. Whipwreck hurt himself in the same match. He debuted with a really hot match with Kidman, which we loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that was never given a chance. 4x4 four four and Swole. Do you want to guess how much they were on contract-wise each? Probably like $175. $400,000. Each? That's what it says here. $400,000 per year. Fuck. Uh, and Tatum were signed to contracts for far more than they were worth by current wrestling standards and with the company having the possibility this year of breaking even or worse, budget cuts uh, to keep the red ink are happening. Uh, Tatum also had a lot of heat for having that bodybuilder mentality, which may explain uh, why a lot of people were amused when Steiner roughed him up in a Nitro match, which I think was one we reviewed. Speaking of Steiner, the deal with Saturn last week appears to have been Steiner, who had to sell for Saturn at the end of the angle, simply shocking him and pounding Saturn with punch after punch. Whether they were as hard as punches or just hard enough to freak Saturn out, only he knows, uh, before selling the kick and getting out. Nobody is calling Saturn shooter since that incident. However, I don't care if it's Ken Shamrock out there. If you're uh, in the working mode and some guy who is very tough like Steiner is uh, and starts potatoing you rapid fire, you aren't going to recover immediately. Yeah, is that right? Like, I'm not like in a straight up fight, I'm taking Saturn. Yeah. Like, as we've talked about on the show, the Steiners are just assholes. True. Um, the buy rate for Road Wild with Hogan Nash retirement looks to be about a 0.55 or 200,000 buys, which is up from the previous two shows. Although this show had both Hogan and Goldberg who weren't on the previous two shows that we're doing in the 0.4 range. That ain't great. No. Jimmy Hart is now in charge of booking WCW Saturday night. He wants to turn it into a Memphis-like show with the announcers at the building live rather than doing voiceover or tapes in the studio. Oh, the announcers are going to love that one. (laughs) It's very difficult because they book angles and with no long-term planning, things taped make no sense by the time they air uh, because last-second title changes are thrown in on Mondays and guys are trying to give TV time on Saturdays, get their souls taken from them in the last minute. last minute angles on Mondays um, at the weekend shows the weekend house shows uh, the main events were all scheduled to be Sting versus Flair early in the week Sting got himself off the shows because he was given extra dates to work a movie uh, which uh, Dave believes is ready to rumble uh, and wanted these dates off Hogan early in the week agreed to take his place since they have finally figured out with business plummeting about the mistakes they've been making they were going to go with Hogan versus Steiner with Flair making an appearance in Steiner's corner on 9-3 in Pensacola and 9-4 in Tallahassee and Goldberg versus Steiner on 9-5 in Albany, Georgia on 9-2 Bret Hart was called about replacing Steiner and doing the same gimmick they did in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Hart agreed and worked the first of two nights going to no contest when the underneath heels uh, Steiner, Page and Bigelow all interfered. Uh, Flair and Savage have agreed to work uh, 
first day on sales. Uh, nobody still has figured out exactly what or if Flair's future is with the company. Uh, Savage wasn't even at Nitro this week, nor is he booked for any house shows at the moment. Fuck is going on? It's the, there's some talk of punishing Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero for working the A26 Tijuana show, since contractually they aren't supposed to be doing stuff like that, even though it gets regularly done. But usually the company doesn't find out. Somehow this got publicity. So far, nothing has come of it. Mysterio Jr. got poked in the eye accidentally backstage at Nitro. <laughs> not sure if that's why he didn't appear in the show or not. Uh, Mysterio isn't in the doghouse that Conan and Kidman are because he never specifically asked for his release like they did. He was going to leave if they left, but he never outright asked. Uh, so a bit of a bit of a good politician's move there from mm. uh, from Ray Ray. Um, Douglas is now claiming that he'll put up his entire annual salary as a bet if he and Flair both get interview time to build up that their match would be. Oh he God. bets that their match would beat Raw in the quarter hours. For his sake, nobody better take him up on that bet. Oh my God. Uh, Ogerlund's contract is up on 9-12 Conan will be medically cleared to work starting this this coming week Um, oh it's a shame we already did this because this would be great to to put on the calendar for a movie review Uh, Access Hollywood is doing a story about Andy Kaufman's days in wrestling uh, to coincide with the uh, movie Man on the Moon which is coming up Mm. soon Um, yeah uh, Public Enemy are still around in the company, although they haven't been used much as late. And then Violent J is no longer doing the moonsault after a request by Hugh Morris. It's great shit. Fucking pulling rank on Violent J, like yeah. Who has I? I have no doubt grossed more in merchandise in one year than Hugh Morris has in his entire career. lifetime. Yeah. Just yeah. Fucking- uh, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Just one little bit of uh, the the start of this is is a chilling sentence enough by itself. I just saw in the WWF news, Vince Russo in the current Raw magazine gave the WWF side of Sable's allegations. There's a guy you want to let talk about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He even said that a lawyer from Florida might come after him for it, since the sides agreed in the settlement that neither side could disparage the other. That's just uh, what the fuck. That's just classic Vince. Shall we move on? Let's. Okay. This is Thunder 79, the uh, taped half of the double shot in Saginaw, Michigan, airing on the 9th of September 1999, a 2.1 rating, so up point by point 0.2 since last week. Um, Sad news to start the show, and that is the uh, the passing of uh, referee Mark Curtis, better known as Brian Hildebrandt. Um, one of the things he would become um shortly known for is one of the uh, the all time most memorable wrestling tribute shows that featured wrestlers from all the major companies being allowed to work each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Whereas I wouldn't exactly, I'm I'm not going to claim to be Hildebrand's biographer here, Lee, and maybe you have a bit more kind of knowledge about him than I do. Um, something that's always struck me about the the Hildebrand tribute show and the way kind of people talk about him is like this was a guy who was like one of those rare souls in wrestling where everyone liked him, no one seemed to have a bad word to say about him. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, like when Smoky Wrestling was a thing, um. Uh, 
Brian Hildebrand was basically Jim Cornette's right hand man. Um, he did a ton behind the scenes for Smoky Wrestling. Um, I think if I remember correctly, there were stories of like if Hildebrand had been like half a foot taller, he absolutely would have been a great wrestler because he was capable of you know taking bumps and being involved. I believe he was a he was a manager in Smoky Mountain at one point as well. And he was a manager on like the Tennessee and Memphis Indies for a long time. And then he obviously got the job with WCW as a referee. But yeah, like all, all the stories are that like everybody loved him. Not one person, even in the fucking toxic wasteland that was WCW ever had a bad word to say about the guy. Yeah. He also I- he also one of the, the most famous referees saving a wrestler from a fan attacking was Brian Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, it was, it was not only like nice to do the graphic, but I thought like Tanae had a really touching sentiment to him to open the show as well. I didn't write it down, but it was, he said some very nice words about the guy, which was, uh, which was really, really nice. Um, unfortunately we, uh, we started off the show with hardly a, a classic to get us out of the sad mood. It was Barb versus Buff Bagwell. Uh, and Larry started the night as he meant to go on. This was an incredibly distracted Larry night, even by Larry's standards. Um, he started off by saying that uh, his belief is that um, everybody who hates America hates them because of their standard of living. And he believes they earned that standard of living through fighting and dying in two world wars. I don't think that's how standard of living works. I think it is at at my most generous I can be to Larry. It's an oversimplification <laughs> because I I will consent that um the the business of war was very good for America in World War Two. It helped finally drag mm-hmm. them out of the depression, but um, it's not the sole contributing factor, Larry. Um without getting too much into things. Uh, this is all brought on, by the way, of there's heavy Berlin chat in the first two segments of this show. um, And he describes, like, he seems, right, I... <laughs> You're team genuinely put out by this. Like, he's painting the entire <laughs> continent of Europe. As commies. As being commies, but also yeah. he mentions that communism isn't around anymore. Like, I, you know, you heard of um, Francis Fukushima, mm-hmm. who wrote The End of History. Yes. And his big theory was that, like, once, you know, the Cold War was over and capitalism won, that this was this is the end of history as we knew mm-hmm. it. Um, if he tuned into Thunder on this day, he would have had a fucking stroke listening to this man, like, just butcher a century of European history. Because uh, he describes there being a lot of confused Europeans around since the fall of communism. Um, yeah. <laughs> on, on the same show that we have the British aristocracy showing up for a six-man tag. Yeah, yeah, for a fucking Butlins trios match. Yeah. Um, um, I, so- I do I do love that the true American male himself, Buff Bagwell, is who Berlin has targeted. Yeah, yeah, of course. He has to take him down. Um, he can't live with Buff's high spots, though. Like, Buff is too energetic and too fast for him. 
uh, he immediately needs to go out for a team talk with with Jimmy Hart, who even by his own standards is wearing an absolutely abysmal jacket. Uh, oh, can, can we point out that the faces of fear who have not been a tag team for all of 1999? Yeah. Barb, still wearing his faces of fear tights. Yeah. yeah. Cannot be arse getting new gear. No. Of course he can't. Why, like, I mean, why would you care at this point? Like, where, where's the oversight? Where's the management gone? Like, I like that this is the one time that you're like, where's the management of WCW? Nothing else has made you ask that question before, but Barb not getting new tights. That's that's it. We, we've had like three or four different times where the face of fear have exploded. Yeah. Like just have some alternate tights that don't say faces of fear. Uh, Buff smacks Barb around again but Jimmy hooks his leg and Barb gets a clothesline and I love that Barb goes for the clothesline and Buff was absolutely not taking this clothesline anywhere near his head or chest he put his hands about a f- like two foot in front of his yeah. face to take the swinging arm and I can't blame him at all uh, Buff like I will say even though this match is bad and short like the crowd are super into Buff a lot of crowd support for him Barb walks into a corner boot, big crossbody for two and a swinging neckbreaker for another two count. Uh, Jimmy gets up on the apron, throws a hairbrush very badly. It, they were supposed to do the bit where it misses Barb and Buff catches it, but it misses both of them by so much it nearly falls out the ring the other side. Buff has to stumble around looking like an idiot, grabs it, bonks Barb in the head and wins. Yep. Shit. Yeah. Poor. Poor segment. Speaking of poor segments, we get the first, uh, we get a flashback to Nitro. It's our first actual sighting of Berlin. And speaking of first sightings. I knew you were going to re- say it. <laughs> I do believe that was the wall, brother. I mean, I thought you were going to mention the translator. But also they shot the wall in a way he's never looked shorter. Yeah, because he's so far away. Do, do we need to get the chart out there? Well, yeah, he's up on top of the hotel in Panama City. That's the... <laughs> No, we need to get the, the father's head near. Yeah, yeah, those, that away. wall is small. <laughs> that one's far away. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, the translator who doesn't stick around for long as part of the gimmick, um, because the, the whole thing at the start is Berlin uh, today. Refuse, says, like, refuses to speak English. Yeah, today, like, we know perfectly well he speaks English, but they, I, I don't think they're willing to acknowledge he's Alex Wright. No, they, they like like that he says, yeah, we, we know he speaks English, but we will it's not like, say that's Alex Wright. Like, how do we know today? How do we know he he could speak English? That um, That's that's Wonder Kid went from a, an EDM fucking dancer to a, a fucking Rammstein listening. Yeah. Fucking commie, apparently. Hey, look, German industrial music was all the rage at the time. Um. But we learn that Buff Bagwell is going to be the first victim of the, and I quote, German machine. Um, Yeah, it's just very interesting to me. Like the the things that Berlin is evocative of are things that I, I don't think would fly now. Um, It's interesting. I mean, if it was the WWF at the time, he would have had like an SS tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have been wearing like the spiky helmet or, mm-hmm. you know, like dressed like a stormtrooper or something. Yeah, 100%. Would, would have went to the same fucking tattoo artist as the Harris Brothers. Mm. And next up, we have, uh, we have a video package that fucking ruled. Yes, it did. I, I was <laughs> hoping you would have the same opinion. 
It is. I didn't even write any notes for it. It's um about a career rivals, Lex Luger and Sting. They have been friends sometimes. They've been enemies sometimes. They have been competitors throughout. And when one achieves a significant uh, milestone in their career, the other one isn't far behind or is achieving their own milestone at roughly the same time. And it tracks them the whole way from the first Clash of the Champions to now. It, no, it's it go, fucking brilliant. It goes back further. It says they both debuted in 85. Oh, true, true. It says Sting had his breakout moment at Clash against Flair. Little over, I think it says like a couple of months later, we had Luger versus Flair. Then it's, you know, it says Sting won his first world title at Great American Bash 90. Luger followed two at Great American Bash 91. It says, you know, they were friends. They won the Crockett Cup together. They won the tag belt. It took until 96 for them to win the tag belts. They were competitors. They were friends. They were rivals. They were business partners outside the ring. It covers everything. It's fucking brilliant. Like, I feel like this has been a running theme with the, the video packages over the past. I'd say it's like a good three or four months now. Yeah. But they've had some really fucking good video packages. This I... is one of the like very best. I scratch my head so hard as to how they can produce video packages like this of this quality on a random thunder. And then other ones that will be for legitimate big pay-per-view matches are fucking awful. It it makes no sense. Like there's obviously people there in the background that know what they're doing. And yeah. yet it's the people running the company that seems to do the fucking most harm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tale as old as time for WCW. Next up, and it's been a while since I've been able to do this. It's uh, Vans Hammer wrestling Lee Malone's baby boy. It's Blitzkrieg. He's back on the program, which means it's time to go to Blitzkrieg Corner where Lee takes over for a Blitzkrieg match. I only have one proper note for this that has nothing to do with the match. I'm sad. You're sad? I'm sad. They yeah. brought back Blitzkrieg and it wasn't the same. No. It's the problem with Van Hammer. I mean, and not in a competitive match in no, any way. It's, it's so sad. Like they ruined my boy. <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. Like Van Hammer. Yeah. Why are we still doing Van Hammer? We just got a wave of releases and Van Hammer not among them. Like four different gimmicks he's gone through this year. It's actually. Um... I think a lot about um, Bischoff, who there's a famous clip of him going around talking about how much he fucking hated Van Hammer and thought he was dog shit and stuff like that. Multiple opportunities to fire this guy, Eric. There are people who are actually talented who just lost their jobs in WCW and Van Hammer still here, still pinning dudes. We have we have to get rid of Seiko Pay and Damien and fucking Super Kello, but Van Hammer will keep. Mm-hmm. And push, and yeah. feature like ah, oh. I, I fucking I, I don't even I, the match was shy, like Blitzkrieg didn't get to do fuck all, um, Van Hammer got lost on a backslide, like how do you get lost on a fucking backslide? Oh my god, that backslide! Now I will say I think there was I don't think it was all him, I think there was some An over rotation. Yeah. yeah, there was something going. I couldn't quite. It was so messed up. I couldn't quite tell who messed it up the most. Um, Van Hammer drops a leg drop with the wrong leg at one point. Mm-hmm. Like he does this thing where he does a leg drop to the stomach. 
Yeah. And I don't think he does it intentionally. Oh, I, I, I just, I hate this guy. He's just mm-hmm. so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, he wins with the Cobra Clutch Slam, which, fine. Like, whatever. But, like, like, you bring back Blitzkrieg and this is what you give him. It's fucking bullshit. The um the one sole note I had about this was they interrupted the match, let us know what the exact countdown was to the release of WCW Mayhem. Great game. Yeah. Um did did you play that game? I played it a little bit. Like I was an N64 kid and um I was more of a revenge world tour guy. Um but you know, I've dabbled in mayhem. Um we don't do video game episodes on this podcast, but um, yeah, I, I served my time with it. I think the first wrestling, the first wrestling games that, that really grabbed me were all the the Aki ones. So, um, it doesn't have as fond a place in my heart as as some other games do. But yeah, it'll do. It'll do. It's definitely not as bad. Did you ever play any ECW games, Lee? Oh God, yeah. Oh, oh boy. The first one was like just a straight raw Raw's War, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Or speaking uh, uh, of WCW games, Backstage Assault. I only rented that. I didn't own it. But you still paid too much. I, I listen. It was. I think it was like three quid for a weekend or something. Um, but no, the the first ECW game was just a straight rip off of whatever Warzone. I think it could be an actual Warzone. Yeah, yeah. Warzone. Um, and then the second one was just worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the company went bankrupt. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, we'll move on. Um. We got a Hummer video package, and you talk about from the sublime to ridiculous. Like our last video package was so fucking good, and this just reminded me of an angle I do not care about, did not care about, and will not care about. Do you know the funniest part of that angle? None of it. Is when Randy Savage is running away from the limo. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed how he runs. That's a man that has no no mobility in his body at all. No, he's like Cotton Hill. Uh, his, his ankles got shot off, so they fastened his shins onto his feet. Yes. <laughs> just like, fucking wow. Like it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Watch it back. It's very fucking odd. Yeah. <laughs> fucking and speaking hell. of odd. Speaking of odd, we have the Butland special up next. It's a six-man tag match as the Brits, Chris Adams, Dave Taylor, and Stephen Regal. That's all I haven't written down. That's the Brits. <laughs> Essentially get fed to the revolution. Um, now, I will say, um, we we love the, uh, the, uh, the bearing of Darren from HR as much as anybody. Mm. But I got, I, I still think Regal, the, for his comedic instincts, second to none. Oh, yeah. Right. And the bit during their entrance where he gets his big ruffled sleeve and he tents the middle of it to do like the bicep curl. Great bit. Great dumb bit. I laughed. I will say the Brits have a great jacket game. They do. They do. Um, Chris Adams still has a very poor talking trash down the camera game. Still doesn't get it. Still mumbles about England being great and America being shit. Brilliant, mate. Change the record. Thank you. Um... This was a whole lot of nothing. Oh, um, shit. Like, like, a Butlin special is exactly what I describe it as. Yeah. Until Benoit just basically fires up and does his finishing sequence, headbutt, crossface, Adams taps out. 
that is all Adams is there for. Even though all three of them are job guys, Adams is still the one that eats all the pins and taps out. Yeah, Benoit literally doesn't come into the match until he does like a snap suplex, the headbutt, and then he picks up Adams, grabs him in a front face lock, and then he's already on the ground. Yeah, picks him up only to put him back down again, which is something that like, um. I think very much of Buddy Wayne whenever I see that. One of Buddy Wayne's pet hates, or his two pet hates in wrestling were people doing hard tags to their partners. Mm. Um, there's a story of him, God, I can't remember who it was, when like him and Brian and Vinny and all them used to wrestle for Tim Flowers. Uh, they tell the story about how like somebody tagged Buddy really hard and he just stared at his hand and didn't <laughs> get into the ring. <laughs> Uh, but the the um the other um oh fuck pet, after, pet hate the other pet hate he had I'm after losing it there I'm after losing the thread is, is, is oh yes yes sorry. is is yes when you've put a guy down with a move picking him back up to do another move uh yeah. that was one of his pet hates because like in terms of the psychology of wrestling it just completely breaks it that's something you do in a pro wrestling video game it's not something you would do if pro wrestling was actually real. You know, you might mm-hmm. like take the mount and try and do some mat work, especially in this case. Who like Benoit is a wrestler who should absolutely know better. Especially like there's there's got to be a hundred different ways he can get into the crossface without me, getting the guy up off the mat. To me, it felt like him establishing that being in the front face lock was, you know, the beginning of the crossface, mm-hmm. which was just totally unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Um. The next match is Lodi versus Kaz. Um, and I feel like there was the germ of a good idea for a match in here. Um, because I like the idea that we're doing the thing where Lenny is the champion and mm. they're trying to establish that Lenny is trying to take himself seriously, but he knows he's out of his depth. And I liked the idea that the story of this match was Lenny was watching his buddy not being able to hang with a cruiserweight and it was rattling him to the extent where he had to keep interfering he because was it was genuinely yeah, yeah it was genuinely bothering him uh watching this um unfortunately because it's Lodi it wasn't great no it wasn't good um and I do want to make note of Kaz nearly fucking killing himself about 20 seconds into this match by deciding to do a fucking handspring over the top rope to the outside. He's insane. I screamed. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, during the entrance, did you notice any of Lodi's signs? I actually, I usually write them down, but I took a rare week off. The, the, the two that I noticed, one, pretty funny, extremely censored signage. That's good. That's good. But the one he had coming out, are we ambiguous enough now? <laughs> okay, I like that. Good yeah. points for Lodi this week. Uh, match wasn't good. No, who wasn't? Um, I look, I do like the idea of establishing that Kaz is, you know, capable of beating people, especially yes. considering he's getting a title shot, and this has just happened in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of fairly basic. You know, here's the number one contender. Here he is yeah. beating the the guy's the, partner. The moments in this match where Kaz was just doing his thing, good. Mm-hmm. But anytime Lodi had to do stuff for, I get what they're doing is that like he's the number one contender. So the fact that like 
Lenny tried to screw the number one contender and that cost his best mate the match. That makes sense to me, but I also, because he's the number one contender, I'm just like, you need to be beating Lodi clean, mate. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you don't, you shouldn't need shenanigans to pin fucking Lodi. Anyway, um, we get a flashback to Hogan where Hogan is promising on the red and yellow. He's promising on his son and he's promising on Sting that Sting is his friend. He's not going to stab him in the back. And you know, the thing about stabbing people in the back is that you always say very loudly how hey, you're not going to stab someone in the back if that's your plan. Well, what I gathered from the video package was that Hogan had promised not to double cross his son. Yes, that's true. So maybe the son is working us all. I mean, listen, if I had him as a son, I'd fucking double cross him as a little prick yeah. by all accounts. Yeah. Even if he was 10 years old or whatever. Still, Remember who but... famously played Nick Hogan in a skit on Raw? Was it Nick Hogan? No. Uh, there was a Hogan Knows Best uh, parody skit oh. on uh, on Raw years ago. I can't remember. Was it the Hogan? I think it was during the Hogan-Michaels feud. Okay. And Nick Hogan was played by one sweet and sour Larry Sweeney. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we got a two on one handicap match next. And I feel like this is one where, you know, much like Blitzkrieg, this is absolutely in your wheelhouse. As somebody who this week took grave offense to the concept that you were a Sid fan past tense, do you want to talk us through Sid Vicious versus the wonderful jobbers, Adrian Bird and Bobby Blaze, who we're seeing for the second time of late? I always enjoy when we see Adrian Bird and Bobby Blaze. That's a that's a jobber combo, and uh, they they literally just eat a choke slam on a powerful bomb. <laughs> no um, messing. So, yes, it just comes out choke slam power bomb. That's it. Pins both of them. I mean, it's great. What what more do you want? Um, I did notice that you didn't bring up that I also suggested a way to save uh, Wardlow this week. Yeah, yeah, go for it in, in the Discord. I came up with the idea that. We just give him China White by the Scorpions Ascension music. Mm-hmm. Get him to dye his hair blonde. Yeah. Put him in black trunks, knee pads, and boots. Job's done. Yeah. I don't think he's as good a promo as Sid, though. He's not as Memphis a promo as Sid. Certainly not. Also, Sid cutting a promo on a mic that's obviously not turned on. Great <laughs> stuff. Oh, God, this was so funny. Yeah, he's like, cut my music and starts talking to the mic. And they just didn't cut his music. No, the, they didn't turn the mic on just the wasn't mic. on. No, it was great. But but Sid ignored that and just kept going anyway. Um, Charles, we should say, was also dear with his sign. Yeah. So that's um, still a thing. The Charles thing, which has not at any stage been explained so far on Thunder. Um, again, no, other, whole... other than Sid said, I have Charles with me now. Yeah. Which we could blatantly see. Thanks very much, Sid. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, whatever, I guess. That's just what we're doing now. Um right, next up we have oh god, yeah, revolution promo. Um so Dean Malenko has stolen Rick Steiner's TV title. Real baby face shit. I'm I'm so fucking sick because we've we've had a couple of them this year in AEW and the like, like the stolen belt angle. It's just stupid, especially in this case where it's a baby face stealing it mm-hmm. from a heel. It's like it makes no fucking sense. Like it, it makes very little sense when it's a heel stealing it from a baby face. But it makes even less sense this way around. So he said, go on, yeah. I was just going to say, like the, the whole premise of this promo is the revolution want all the gold. Yes, 
there have to be easier ways to get to that promo. Also, Shane Douglas has fucking coked out his brain during this. <laughs> I, I get the impression, Dave. He goes, that. we're addicted to gold. I'm like, I'm the fucking rest, mate. I'm the fucking rest. He's wrestled his two matches. He's he's done for he has, the day, Dave. He has. Um, I get the I'm impre- just saying he's wrestled two matches, but those weren't the last bumps he took that night. I get the impression that a couple of weeks into endless revolution promos that you're starting to reach your uh, your limit with them with them like because this is the thing I I, I do think because I, I have not necessarily fond memories but like when we get when Douglas is away from them like he's an alright promo but it's the stuff that's being written to try and get these revolution slogans over that's killing me man Evolution. In they aren't revolution. They aren't going to stop. This is this is a literally a line of dialogue. They aren't going to stop until the evolution of this business realizes what the revolution is all about. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? It doesn't oh, have to it. mean anything. Did Sid write this promo? <laughs> I hope so. Imagine if like we did some like gumshoe journalism and it turned do, out Sid was booking this promo- promotion. It would know, make so much more sense in hindsight, wouldn't it? Do you know not that you, like yeah. fucking like uh no no it's not it makes makes way more sense than like Bischoff lost his fastball and got demoted. It's like no just you know for the laugh they let Sid write the show for the last three years. You need to go back and check your Sean Ross sat notes and see who was producing the segment. Yeah. Honestly. They, they might have uh, an idea of who who wrote the the verbiage. Yeah, there was an interesting point that was brought up. Um, uh, that the 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 voice of wrestling contributors we were all talking about AEW and um and WCW came up in the conversation, and somebody was saying that like if if nowadays, I actually think it was Garrett that said it. If 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 nowadays you um had AEW ended with an end credit sequence like WCW used to in the early 90s, it would sure put paid to a lot of the like the scuttlebutt and gossiping and bitching that goes along about who must have, whose fault was this? Who's producing the Rotatro segments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would look, it was a very good point made by Garrett. Yes. I'll give him that. I'll give, yeah. I'll give him credit sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, we're not going to give many more. We're not going to give many more fucking kudos to WCW on this show. So we might as well give kudos to other people. Yeah, listen, Gar- Garrett's got two mentions on the show. I think that's more. Than yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, oh, can I say something? Tanae said, "God bless Tanae." But like, this is the clear sign. Like, this is him trying to indicate to us that this Sid streak thing is bollocks. Like, he goes, "The streak is clearly at," and then slight pause. At least seventy nine and zero, or whatever he wants it to be. I mean, I feel like they've been stuck in the 70s for at least four weeks now. They have. I think they were at 79 and 0 last week, and he's pinned at least two people here. It makes no sense. Yeah. At, at least if they were going to inflate it, they should have just inflated it. Mm. Uh, next up, uh, we've got Booker T versus Barry Windham. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I have been the Barry Windham defender on this show. Uh, is this where that train comes to a halt? I'm not going to defend this one. This was boring as fuck. Man. For a start, whoever the seamstress was in WCW at the time who said, you know what would really behoove Barry Windham's physique is giving him a belly top. 
Barry, emphasis Barry, on belly. Barry Stevie Richards Windham over here. Good lord. Um, Big windy cool. It's fucking it was not a strong look, I'll I'll say that. No, it was that uh, was a soft look. I mean the match was just bad. I mean it was just interference, smoke and mirrors. They really like everybody had to dig in to get around Barry Windham's very clear limitations now. And sad. And he's one half of the tag team champions. And I feel so bad. I, I say it every time he's on the show now. I feel so bad for Booker T. Yeah. The guy worked so hard. And now they've stuck him back with Stevie Ray and have him wrestling Barry Windham. We don't know what to do with your brother, so you're back in a fucking tag team. And he's going to spend a good bit of next year feuding with said brother, which is the only thing worse than partnering with said brother. Um. Yeah. And Larry as well, by the way, completely took the air of this match as soon as it started, where he basically said, look, these lads aren't going to try because neither one of them wants to get injured for the pay-per-view. <laughs> and he, then he said it a second time during the this pay- match. The pay-per-view, that's 10 days away from the taping. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Booker gets attacked a couple of times by the rednecks outside, which leads to a slow-ass heat spot. Booker tries to fight back, gets raked in the eyes. Gets punched into a stupor in the corner. Float over suplex from Barry for two. Throws Booker out for another double team. Harlem's sidekick out of nowhere puts Booker in a good spot. But just as he goes to queue up the missile drop kick, the rednecks are in for a DQ and a beatdown of Harlem Heat. This is very much a heel do beatdown episode. Yeah, it was. When, I, when WCW have an idea, by God, they will beat it into the fucking ground. It was not what I'd call a strong go-home show. By the way, this is the go-home show for the pay-per-view. You're fucking shitting me, is it? It fucking is, yeah. Oh, (laughs) fuck. I had no idea. uh, Like, I'm literally Googling this now because I'm like, he's fucking, there's no... Oh, my God. It is. It's literally three days after this. I wish I hadn't brought this up. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Oh my god, this has made oh now this has made this show so much worse. This is like an all-time bad oh, go sure. home show. What the fuck? <laughs> like it felt to me like a, the kind of show you do in that dead, like it's not uh... it's not been a couple of weeks since the last one, and it's gonna be a few weeks till the next one. So we're just not gonna we're in neutral. Like, like if you had said if you had it... said to me, how long do you think it is till Fall Broad? I said, Oh, three weeks. Cause like they're they're nowhere in they're nowhere near they're nowhere near. I mean, two weeks ago we talked about them blowing up the whole fucking lineup, Dave. So, fuck me. <sighs> well, I guess we know how we're finishing this show then. You were about you to get away with it as you scrambled for the lineup for the pay per view. What the fuck? Oh man, I'm so mad now at this show. <laughs> Fuck. That that makes all right. So then the go home angle for the what's going on with Sting is even worse now. They show it next from from Nitro, which is like all all the lads are just in the locker room. So they're all in the locker. They're all in Hogan's locker room. Is Brett, Lex, Sting, and Hogan? Hang on, Brett. Brett, who we should say is just back. Yes, he was just back. They're all in Hogan's dressing room for what seems to us as Thunder viewers no reason. Except we know that Sting is there because he wants to confront Hogan. Don't know why the other cunts are there. 
and then the lights go out. Now, I would assume in a locked room with four men, it's probably the guy standing beside the light switch. That did, like, that would probably take all the mystery out of it. But what's really funny is there's like some weird noises that don't, don't quite quite sound like a really bad beatdown. And then the lights come back on and Sting is just under, under a couch. A couch. He's sad and he's got a coach on him. Sting is like the victim <laughs> of the most hilarious beatdowns in pro wrestling history. If he's not getting beaten up with his jacket on, he's getting trapped under a couch or he's getting mauled by a dog with two foot of towel wrapped around his hands. Oh, God. It's, it's so bad. It's awful. And then they just blame each other as as Hart of all people plays fucking peacemaker. Yeah, they all do like the Spider Man pointing meme at each other. Like, what the fuck is got? Oh my god, it's awful. It's oh, it's oh, because it's the go. Oh, like here's the thing, right? Dave, you said it in the Observer. Oh. Savage wasn't at the taping, and mm-hmm. the show literally ended last week with Savage in Hogan's locker room. Yeah, and they just don't talk about it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad at this fucking stupid company. Also, you know, I'm going to, I'm like thinking, I've been projecting like how far forward, like, you know, how long we've got left in the show. This company is so dumb and I'm going to waste my entire thirties talking about this show. (laughs) Just let you up. You know, Sting won't the ultimate good guy. Yeah. He's about to turn heel. I know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, Lee, I've been here. Again, this is we're we're in the territory now where I'm starting to remember things I watched at the time. I know what's coming. Ah, world television title match: Rick Steiner versus Dean Malenko. Fuck's sake! I I wish they'd stop giving fucking Rick Steiner a microphone. But also another match where people look fucking stupid, right? We had a whole promo. Oh yeah, where Dean Malenko's whole point was the revolution are coming out would be to make sure Sid doesn't interfere. He comes out for the match. No revolution, and Sid immediately interferes. And it's not like the lads run out as soon as Sid shows up. No, so Sid is able to bonk into Dimalenko, grab him, get over the ropes, choke slam the fucker, and then only Shane Douglas comes out. The lads come out one by one. Yeah, they look like the biggest fucking idiots, right? Topped only by the fact after Sid easily beats down the whole revolution, he goes to powerbomb Saturn, who comes out, by the way, actually potentially a very strong Perry Saturn look. If he'd just come out in yellow fight shorts, yeah, that's a good look for shooter Saturn that he's apparently not being called anymore. Um, But Saturn hits one back body drop on Sid, and that's enough to send Sid and Rick running scared up the ramp. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody looks like fucking idiots in this segment. That was horrible. Yeah. It was a that was horrible it. segment. So shit. Like, literally just fucking... It was like Malenko picked up the title last week on the live yeah. show, and he went back to the and went, we've got an idea for an angle. Yeah. Can I make you angry, Lee? Always. So it's main event time. Mm-hmm. It's Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Remember that match we were anticipating? Hey, Lee, this is the first televised singles match between the two of them that was an actual match. 
So we've had two televised encounters between these men before. They had a Nitro match that was immediately disqualified, thrown out for a brawl. And then they had the triple threat with Nash. Which which also, I believe, devolved into a brawl and no contest. Remember Bam Bam looked like the baddest motherfucker in the world strolling through the company coming in for three weeks to challenge Goldberg. Yeah. Remember that pull apart during World War Mm Three? Um, yeah. Long time since that. Just thrown away with no build on Thunder. Uh, is there any point really in going through blow by blow? Because it's like it's just it's your standard Goldberg squash. This may as well have been someone like Jerry Flynn or Glacier. Mm-hmm. It would like you get a couple of impressive spots where Goldberg catches Bam Bam on a crossbody and yeah, a couple of power moves here and there. Um, but big, literally, big boy, we we always love to see a big boy jackhammer as well. Yeah, great looking jackhammer. But it was literally just to set up DDP coming in and then kind of leaving Bam Bam to get waylaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting because, like, he was in the ring early enough to break up the pin so that Bam Bam wouldn't lose, but he just didn't. Um, and the crowd pelts the ring with garbage because they're fucked off. Yeah, because um, Goldberg wins with the jackhammer, and then Paige is immediately in with a chair, and the kind of the heel stand tall for a moment before Goldberg gets back to his seat. But at that point, the trash is raining down already. Yep. Yeah. Um. And that is the last image you see before Fall Brawl. Yep. <sighs> Rightly, let's wrap up this thunder and then go to uh, our pay-per-view go-home game. Uh, firstly, uh, your overall thoughts on the show, winners and losers. I thought the show was fucking shy. Like, it was a real bad show. Um, not quite, like, all-time levels bad, but pretty fucking bad. Um. I mean, winners and losers. It's, again, Sid looks good, fucking just destroying people. Just don't give him a, a, a mic. Other than that, there was nothing I'd fucking hang my hat on for the rest of the show. It was like your typical bad taped half of a taping. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the biggest loser of, of them all is the Revolution. I think are up there. Yeah, the like they're, they're not coming across well. Um, Buff Bagwell, who is kind of in the middle of a big push, but also isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, like you can tell they want Buff to be a thing, but they're not really doing something worthwhile with him. Mm-hmm. The thing about the revolution that fucks me off is like it should be the easiest stable in wrestling to book. These guys have been held down. Here they are. They've been held I- down. You've got three of the best wrestlers in the company, and you stuck like a I- boorish, loudmouth, good promo with them. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And somehow, instead of them making his wrestling better, they've made his promos worse. Well, see, Dave, you know what the big problem is with the revolution? They're not called the NWO revolution. Yes, that's very true. And that's the biggest fucking issue. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right, well, the, the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga has... um. Eight matches, five clean finishes, astonishingly. One DQ or count out, two interference leading directly to a finish. Lee, it is the go-home show for the pay-per-view, as you reminded us a couple of segments ago. Um, So that means you have to try and guess, and best of fucking luck based on this show, 
what the pay-per-view card for Fall Brawl 1999 is. And I will tell you, by way of a hint, there are nine matches on this show. Of course there are. Okay. I think I can get all these. Okay. I don't think you can. Hoganstein. Yes. Goldberg BBP. Yes. Benoit Sid. Yes. Rick Steiner Saturn. Yes. Harlem Heat and the Rednecks. Yes. Malenko and Douglas against the First Family. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Nobs and fucking Buter Fucker. Hugh Mars. Mars. Yeah. Right. Um, Three left. Bagwell Berlin. Nope. Sorry, what? Nope. In spite of his promo on Buff Bagwell being the first person to fa- to be su- uh, subjected to the oh. German machine, that is not who Berlin wrestles on this pay-per-view. Okay, well, Kaz Lenny. Yes. I thought you were about to say no there. Um, Berlin Norman Smiley. Nope. I'll give you one more. And you also have another match besides that. Is this person like actually on the TV every now and again? I cannot remember the last time I saw this person on TV. This match goes for eight minutes, by the way. Oh my God. Is it a cruise away? No. I'm gen- uh, genuinely stumped. Uh, Will I tell you? Is it Berlin Disco? Nope. Worse. Oh, go on. Berlin wrestles Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. For seven minutes, 58 days a second, he does, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. On a fucking pay-per-view. On a pay-per-view. Oh my fucking Christ. You still got one match left. Will I tell you the stipulation for this match? Go for it. This is a six man tag match. I will tell you two more details about it. It has to be the filthy animals. It has to be Eddie, Ray, and Kidman. It is. I will tell you two more details. Okay. It is the opener, and it is the longest match on the show. Fuck me. At 14 minutes, 14 seconds. What other fucking group is there in this company? Will I give you a hint? I mean, sure. You won't see a moonsault in this match. Oh, God. Yeah, it's fucking ICP and Vampiro. Yes. <laughs> So you got hang seven. On, hang on, hang on. The ICP are in the longest match on the show. Yes. Yeah, the closest to it, uh, the Harlem Heat West, West Texas Rednecks match is 13 minutes. What? Sting Hogan is 12.24. Uh, Vicious Benoit is 11.48. I'm not watching this fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, you have to. Do you want me to find the cage match rating for it? <laughs> I'll bet it's not good. Oh my god. 
<laughs> the fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan really took the win. It, it broke sales, me. It, it's, it? Fucking... it's not the lowest rated one we've watched recently. It's a 4.37. Let's see if there's any. Uh... Well, I will say this won't come as a, a great galloping shock to you, I imagine. Um, There's nothing that's four stars or above. Uh, I'm, I'm stunned. Now, I am very interested to see that the six-man tag match and the Cruiserweight title match got three and three quarters from Uncle Dave. So I know it's one of those things where he's just got Stockholm Syndrome and he's just broken by the whole thing. I can't believe that Kaz and Lenny Lane got three and three quarters stars. Sorry, you can't believe that or you can't believe that Shaggy, Two Dope and Violent J got three and three quarters stars. I mean, listen, oh, sorry, sorry, more... sorry, it's three and a quarter, three and one quarter. Oh, three and one quarter. That's still a lot for the ICP. Sorry. I mean, listen, if they don't it, it, it own salts, it, it probably would have got another quarter star. Yeah, it is three and three quarters for the Cruiserweight match. Okay. Oh, right. Well, on that well, I'm, show... I'm hyped for this pay-per-view. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. What a way to start the new year. Yes. Uh, and that's going to do it for the award-nominated Days of Thunder <laughs> for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in everybody imagine this tripe (laughs) well folks from the regular 1999 timeline we will be back with our Christmas special um, and all the other stuff we talked about earlier in the show before the new year but in terms of the main timeline this is a Jew for 2023 and what a note to finish the year on Thank you all for listening and across the year, whether you're a new listener or somebody who's been with us uh, since day one, we appreciate every single click, every single listen, every single interaction we have. And we wish you all very best. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll see you back in 1999 next year. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCW Thunderpod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the Day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts than you can shake a stick at. Thanks. Voices of Wrestling listener, Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network.